everybody to back ah whatever yeah welcome everybody this is the we got next podcast i'm your host jacob lawrence the voice you're about to hear is my co-host mr cedric welton and we're back and we're here at the same time it's a little confusing but nonetheless let let, let us just fill y'all in real quick before we do that said how you been man great man like you said back for the first time we don't care who got now we got next that's the brand hop on this train we got a lot to discuss, man. It's been so much that we've by de facto just just missed. So many shows, so many things, so many ups and downs. Yeah, we 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 took a little vacation. So let's just go ahead and uh, just clarify some things. Just start from the jump. Some of you are probably looking at this in your podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, and you're like, wait a minute, that logo is different, the name is different, but the voices are the same. Well, it's simple. We uh. We moved. We uh, took a little vacation and did some moving during our vacation. We are now officially part of the Blue Wire family, part of the Blue Wire Hustle program. And, you know, when you move, you know, you move up to a nicer house. The walls are different. The kitchen's a little laid out different. The name's different. Formerly Believe in NXT, we got Next now. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a nice move. And to those of you that are new here, there's 100 episodes that you might want to go catch up on. You ain't got to listen to all 100, maybe get about 20 of them. Buckle up because the hot takes are back. The slander from said is back. The line is still tapped. Moved into a new house, got a new number and still tapped. They still found a way to tap my line. So have no fear. We're here. And uh, let's just, what's, what's been going on other than the move? What's been going on with us? I'm actually going to uh, veto that and I'm going to co-sign. <laughs> go listen to every single episode. So you can listen to not only the hot takes, all the slander, all, all the the lucha hate, all that good stuff, all the 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 righteousness behind why Carl Winslow is the top TV dad and why Nas is the greatest artist of all time. God you don't want to miss any damn. of that because it's not going anywhere. God damn. We you know what else get... is going to come back? We might even get some Mojo Raleigh and Jinder Mahal references on the <sighs> We Got Next podcast because that is who I am at my core. But like Jacob said, new walls, new home. Uh, we moved. We moved to to a different destination. Me myself, I'm still on the couch. Um, believe it or not, we are still in a pandemic. So hopefully everybody's doing the right thing out there, staying healthy, getting vaccinated. If you see fit, if you don't, I'm not going to get into that diatribe. You know what to do with your body. But one thing remains the same: everything is wrestling, and I think we've seen that in our daily day lives. We've seen how strong wrestling is, and and we actually just saw them pull off a live show for the first time in over a year. Yeah, and in about another maybe a week or so, actually, maybe we should be getting those results back this week. We'll see what no corona tests look like, what the numbers look like. But uh, yeah, like you said, more or less everything is the same around here. Although I do have a question for you. How are we going to make a reference to a man who ain't got a job no more? Wow, that's that's, that's, what you, that's where you want to go with this? Hey, the, color, the name changed, the content is still the same. I, I think his name is still the same on Twitter, man. So I, I, I don't know. I think it still exists. I mean, okay. I guess we'll get hype. I, I think he still. Li- I, I think he actually lives that gimmick. So I'm not gonna discredit it, it, that man. It ain't a gimmick. It's who he is. Just uh, you know, the writing was on the wall once Gronk went back to Tampa Bay. Gronk was like, "Hey, I'm going to play football." Mojo was like, "Damn it, shit! I got about 300 days to WrestleMania." And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the infamous black monday are we calling it black monday black wednesday i think 
it was it, it was April fifteenth. Yes, almost does. to the date from last year where we had yep. a ton of releases again. Black Tuesday um, or something, yeah. So yeah, um, not not good stuff. We, we don't like to see some of our favorite characters get released and then you get, you see this company still making money hand over fist and it's just like, what's the point? What is the point? But we'll, we're going to dive into that a little bit later because there's definitely some hot topics around that. Let's let's lightly talk about WrestleMania. Um, WrestleMania as well as TakeOver Stand, Stand Deliver. It was a, a long week of re- wrestling, very arduous week to get through what may have been, what, 16 hours of straight wrestling content uh, starting from Wednesday. What was your favorite moment of that week? And what was your match of the week? Oh man, favorite moment was just Bad Bunny coming out here and just uh, telling Pat McAfee to, you know, just hold this real quick. I'm top dog when it comes to celebs in the ring right now. Bad Bunny can throw a punch and the fact that he hit a Canadian destroyer popped me way harder than it should have popped me. Right, right. That was huge. That was that was big time. Like, man, hit a Canadian flawlessly. And real quick, I, I feel like we've made mention of this before, but Petey Williams is somewhere rolling his eyes and shaking his head. The fact that the Canadian destroyer has become a spot move. Yeah, not it's not it's not even a thing anymore. Like, so many so many um, variations of it, but definitely none of them are finishers. Yeah, because your boy uh, Dustin Rose it went in AEW, and we were all like, ooh. Might be time to retire this move. Real talk. Yeah. Bad Bunny was definitely my favorite moment. My favorite match from that whole entire weekend or week. It's a toss-up between the two main events. A night one and night two of Mania. Really? Okay. That triple threat, like from jump, it was like Jimmy was right there or Jay was right there being like, hey, look, ain't no rules. I'm going to give y'all the work too. And he got to work as well. So, I mean, it was perfect to tell that story. And let's be honest. Did we really think Reigns was leaving with the title? What they Well, what they were doing in the last week is, or last couple of weeks, is they were doing a slow build to a heel turn on edge. So, I, I thought that they were still going to let him tell. Well, I knew as soon as they did the heel turn, I was like, damn. Um, Daniel Bryan's eating this. Thing. That's the only re- reason he's there. But when Roman pinned both of them, I was like, oh, wow. That was a, that was a statement. Big statement. Exactly. You just can't I'm, cool off Roman right now. There's there's no way you can cool off Roman. There's no reason to cool Roman off. Like, this act has not gotten stale. Maybe cut back on him a little bit on TV, but as a whole, it's still good. And then Sasha and Bianca was, it was 4.75 stars. The only reason I can't give that match five stars is commentary. A commentary hit, did it not? Here's the thing. I didn't see Mania live, so I watched it like maybe Monday through Wednesday. I spread that over like three days. So I'm watching it. The first time I watch it, I don't have the sound on. And I'm like, oh, this match is hidden. Cool. I run it back with the sound on. I don't know how many people picked up on this because, again, I stayed off of Twitter. I want to keep everything as fresh as possible. Right. But Michael Cole screwed the pooch on the call at the end. Oh, yeah, he did. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And he said, he said uh, Sasha kicked out. Yeah. And like, it's a minor thing to nitpick over, but it's such a big moment, such a monumental moment. It's like, you got to stick the landing all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. They were going through some things on night one. So you got to give them a pass. I, I mean, think yeah. one of the more underrated moments is the part that is scraped, scraped off uh, Peacock right now. By the way, I'm going to reference uh, Peacock as the cock from here on out. Get out. <laughs> That that I don't make the rules. We just gonna call it the cock. Who's so, we? 
I don't, I don't make the rules. I'm just saying. I'm not um, doing this. <laughs> the cock had the audacity Jesus. to scrub that first 30 minutes off of the off of WrestleMania night one. And if you know what I'm talking about, it's the rain delay in which everything was foobarred and they were just trying to scramble to keep the show on the road. And you, you remember how they had all those promos that people just did off the cuff and everybody's kind of running into each other all over the place. And it was just really a mosh pass that was just beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It was straight up improv. Oh yeah, that was great. Cause like you went from a KO promo to a Big E New Day promo to just everybody. And you can tell Bobby Lashley did not expect Drew McIntyre to, to jump in his promo right there. And he just tried to have to, nope. he had to look as mad as he possibly could try in that moment. It was great. It was and then he's like, I got this. It was great. Um, moment of the weekend. It is hard to go against Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Just that embrace they shared with each other in the first uh, couple minutes of the match is soaking in the crowd. And of course the ending B- Bianca, that is like really her. Like that is like her real joy and excitement when she wins, like that emotion. It's just like, it's so pure. So I, I can't take another uh, moment over that. It's just so pure seeing how happy she was when she won. Match of the night for Mania, uh, it's kind of hard to, uh, I can easily say the triple threat, but damn Cesaro and Seth Rollins was really damn good. It was so damn short. But that was such a good match. It, it was, it's such a great match. Even Kevin and Sammy always I was just gonna have say, a banger too. Kevin and Sammy was great, but it was like a nine-minute sprint of their greatest hits. And it's just like, God damn, their greatest hits are really good. But I need more. Shoot this in my veins. Like, you could cut back a total of 10 to 15 between both of those women's matches. You could find somewhere to shade 15 between two of those women's matches. That's not a knock to the women, which is, I'm sure some people are like, oh, here they come with misogyny. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just you had no storyline going into the tag team turmoil. Those gauntlet matches are incredibly long in of themselves. You are already running 30 minutes behind to start with things. If you're going to shave time somewhere, that is... be late all the way. Either that, either... You're just going to watch? Yeah. Look, you'll be late. Might well go long. But if you want to shave time and keep it within that 245, that 230 that you set for yourself... Ah, snip, 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 snip. Here, a quick roll up. One, two, three, boom. Like, let the Riot Squad and Tamina and Natty get some work. That's a good period where you can let that thing kind of slow down and breathe. Right. The blonde Barbies, the Barbie bombshell barbells, they can go. Like, you can cut some of this. But, you know, that's my one thing. It's like, you got to, like, come on. KO, Sami Zayn had a three-week build, made me care more than my default care for those two was, and then went out and gave us a nine-minute sprint. And Logan Paul was actually worth being there. Ew. Yeah, I know it pains me, but it was. How did you utter that? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You look, can't utter those words on this podcast. Look, look, if you're gonna call Peacock, what you're gonna call Peacock? I can at least get this one off. You gonna call it the cock, man? It's not happening. <laughs> you gonna call it the cock? It is not happening. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just like he, look, Logan Paul played his role perfectly. Logan Paul is a piece of shit, as far as I'm concerned. As a person, his brother's not too far behind him. If you want to know why, Google is your friend. Mm-hmm. So, but he played his role perfectly. The thing, he wasn't annoying. He wasn't extra. He wasn't forced in like I thought they were going to force him in. He was just there. Yeah. It's like, why is he here? And I, and I get that. Which is fine. It's like, why is he here? But it's like, yeah, whatever. He's not like, oh man, he's here. Like, you know, he's here. It's just like, oh yeah, he is here. And then he ate a stunner. And hey, cool. Mm-hmm. Got, got your money's worth. Let's give um, Santa Deliver some love too. Uh, when we talk about 
the week that was professional wrestling that week, you saw match of the week, them DIY boys put on shows in both of their matches, Walter and Ciampa. And I may, I may have jumped the gun in my article saying that Ciampa was going to win that belt. I really felt like that was a good time to pull the trigger. Love the match. Love how aggressive it was. Hate that it ended, ended on a chop, but it was still a great match nonetheless. And and Johnny Gargano, man, if if he's not the greatest uh, wrestler to walk through NXT right now, I, I don't know who is because he can make anybody look like money. And Bronson Reed is damn good. And they obviously want to do some things with Bronson Reed, but I didn't expect that match to be that poetic. That was a really damn good match from start to finish. Hey, man, Bam Bam Reed can get busy. I think we acknowledge this in like the triple, the ladder match that they had. But yeah, the thing with the chop didn't bother me. I know a lot of people were bothered by it. This is how I view Walter's chops. One, them shit sound like he legit lays them in. Two, them shits like hurt. <laughs> like you ever see somebody's chest pre-match and then post-match? Go look at that match with Dragunov. Them shits hurt. Three, it's like a body blow in a boxing match. You keep getting hit in your kidneys and your ribs and your side. Yeah, might not. You might shrug it off in rounds two and three, but get about ninth, tenth round, twelve round if we in the title fight. Our UFC, hey, them leg kicks. Yeah, you might be able to eat them in round one or two. Get round four or five and see how your legs feel. Yeah, I feel you. It's just, it's just not common. I, I, and I get it. You you got to suspend your belief a little bit. And those are perfect analogies. It's just that in pro wrestling, you want to see. I don't know. You want to see something a little bit more dominant in your finish. And I didn't feel like I got that. It, chopping, felt like it, just, it felt like it ended very abruptly. After chopping a, a man into submission isn't dominant. I just, I respect the analogy. I just, I just wanted more from that finish because I don't feel like we got enough from the build. Oh, and yeah, even the build could have been better. Even, even now, the whole build was, oh, what have you guys done with with Toothless Timmy? And now he was missing, and now he's just back, and they're chasing tag titles. It's like what? That just defeated the whole purpose of the feud. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it is what, what it is. Do? What can you do? As far um, we're in a we're in a new season for wrestling. If you don't know, after WrestleMania, you actually enter a new season. That's kind of how they break everything up. Everything's a little stagnant right now. Even the Raw after WrestleMania, which is normally the biggest show of the year, very mild, big mild week of wrestling. That first week, but when you talk about what's exciting, just the landscape overall in NXT, the landscape in WWE, you can talk about. Uh, the new champions on all three brands in the women's division. It's a new guard. No more for horsewomen thus far. You got Raquel Gonzalez, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair as champ. So it's just this outpour of freshness that's going to be over the whole entire division. And it seems like there's more of a, it let, what's, I'm, I'll speak for NXT. It seems like there's more of a emphasis in tag team wrestling NXT for the women's division and the men's division. So those are both exciting to look for. Yeah, things are fresh to an extent. I'm interested how they play this, but let's just be honest. Charlotte's hanging around the title picture overall. You went right back to Bayley on SmackDown. NXT is the one that's completely fresh because you have Mercedes Martinez going at it. And yeah, she's had a couple shots, but let's be real. Mercedes has never really been the primary focus for an extended run of a title feud. So, yeah, that's fresh. I like that. And tag team division, you have the way with Indy and Candice dealing with uh, Shotzi and Ember. All right, let's go ahead and just run this a couple more times till we figure out what Zia Lee or whoever else is doing. Fix that mess. Cool. Yeah, and Shah with Zia Lee. That's yeah. actually a pretty fire storyline. I, 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 it wasn't, 
I wasn't with it at first, but it started to make sense. And it's actually, it's growing on me. Just seeing this dominant version of Xia I don't know what's going to happen uh, with the person that they follow. If she's going to actually step into the ring or whatnot, but it has legs. Yeah, because it started real racist and dark. Yeah, very off the wall. Like, yo, what is this? It's out of pocket. Still teetering there, but it at least looks a little more tolerable. So, yeah. Things are fresh. Things are looking good. You have a new champ in NXT. You you have all new champs, really. You, yeah, all new champs. New Cruiserweight champ, new NXT champ, new women's champ, new... Except for North American, and you could kind of kind of say Ember and Shotzi aren't new, but they're really new because belts just got here. Right. So, yeah, the only current old champion is Johnny Wrestling, and somehow that act has not gotten stale, so it works. Yeah, I think the way it kind of works, and I, and I thought it was a mistake that they didn't give Candice the title or Candice and any of the titles during the last title shot, but I, th- I guess they're just trying to slow build to it. Um, obviously, I thought it was a mistake that that Peep, uh, sorry, Jordan Devlin didn't win the title, but it was a great match nonetheless. And now we have a new champion, Kushida. Kushida without the dungarees. The armbar king. Yep, so let, let, let's hit a quick break, pause for the cause, pay a couple bills. And we'll be right back and we'll just go ahead and slide right into NXT. And then we can finally get all these thoughts off about what's going on. Cameron Grimes, your favorite, Santo Escobar. You can take the trash out, so on and so forth. And more importantly, why the hell they took Kushida out of his damn dungarees? So let's pause for the cause and we'll be right back. All right, everybody, real quick, before we get back into discussing NXT and a couple things WWE related, I just got to let you guys know that for you sneakerheads out there, you know, it's release season right now. You got a bunch of Jordan 1s coming out, Jordan 12s, Jordan 11s. Griffey's just dropped. It's a hot time right now to get those sneakers. And, hey, you can't cop them full price. You can't cop them at retail. And then you're like, man, damn, I want these shoes. And you go buy them off of somebody. They wore them a couple of times, right? And the shoes smell a little, a little, whew, a little gym locker-ish. Have no fear. I got the perfect product for you. All you got to do is go to soulscience.co and check out the Anodot Sneaker Fragrance, premium sneaker air freshener. This isn't the stuff like the little sneaker balls that you get for $5 from your favorite big box retailer. No, no, that does not hide the smell. No, my boys, Kit and Daichi, the founders of Soul Science, have created this product. 100% eliminates the funk. There's no sneaker tosis. Spray fresh, I'm telling you. And just if you don't believe me, Go ahead, go to the website, try it out. There'll be a link in the bio. And if you're still a little skeptical, you don't, hey, you know, yeah, that endorsement sounds nice, but I'm a little unsure. How about a little bit off? All you gotta do, all you gotta do is use the promo code believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Use that promo code, save yourself a little bit of money, leave them a review. Hell, tell them Jacob sent you. Tell them Jay Della sent you. They might even hook you up with something a little special. And if you don't like it, tweet me. Tweet the show at underscore we got next. That's W E G O T N X T with an underscore in front. Or tweet me at underscore J Della, J D E L A, and let me know it. I'll refund you out my own pocket. You ain't got to do it, Ken and Daichi. That's how much I trust and stand by this product. So it's soulscience.co. Spray fresh, eliminate the funk, no sneaker toses. Now, back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, just like that. Back at the bills, everything's good. And, you know, to continue on with our theme of things being new around here, said um, NXT is on Tuesdays now. That it is. Uh, it's on Tuesday. There's a new show intro featuring some of the new champions and uh, new acts. It's 
it's it's going to have to grow on me. But I like that they just hit us, hit us in the mouth like that with something different. Now, wherever you are on the side of the fence of, hey, there's a Wednesday night war and the demo and all this other type of stuff. Now everybody can just enjoy each program for exactly what it has to offer. Exactly. In theory, and I say in theory because this is pro wrestling and you know how that goes, but everybody should be able to put the blinders back on and just focus on themselves. Like, hey, we don't have to look over the fence anymore and see what our neighbor's doing. This isn't uh, Timmy Turner's dad and Dinkelberg from the Fairy Eye Parents. Like, this isn't, this isn't none of that. It's just, hey, NXT, you have Tuesdays. AEW, you have Wednesdays. Impact, you have Thursdays. Raw has Monday, SmackDown has Friday, MLW, you fall in on, I think, Wednesdays or Thursdays on YouTube, NWA, you're trying to get your footing back. Everybody has their own little niche now. But as far as the heavy hitters go, there's no more head-to-head. There's no more, hey, look where we scored in the ratings this week. And in case people haven't noticed that love to pay attention to numbers, it's helped both shows immensely. Like NXT doing some of their better numbers because now people don't have to flip back and forth. So I'm happy that it's on Tuesdays. It's a little weird. It'll take some getting used to, much like the new intro. But I think long-term, this is probably the smart move. Yeah, long-term, smart's out. Uh, it's a smart play to move to Tuesday nights. It was a vacant night for pro wrestling. And then they can really flesh out some storylines. I, I, my biggest hope is that somewhere down the line, if the once the pandemic is clearing, it's better that we can start flexing more of that inter-brand muscle. So maybe that allows them to do that. Boom. Yeah, they, they really have to take advantage of the fact that you have Raw on Monday on USA as a quote-unquote lead-in. So I'm not – I would say sitting, you know, carrying Cross up there to, like, nerf somebody, but do it when Vince isn't in the building. Yeah. Because if Vince sees them, then, you know, it's, it's a wrap. A lot of stuff. We started this week's NXT – with a match that would determine a future title shot for the women's title. Great match, Dakota Kai versus Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes gets past Kai. She gets straight to Raquel. What did you think of the match itself, and how do you feel about the prospects of Mercedes gunning for the title? All right, is it just me, or they have no clue what the hell to do with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai to an extent? It seems like they're kind of flip-flopping with a with a face turn. Yes, like they were face last week, That two weeks ago. They were face. Raquel comes out, cuts the face promo. You get the whole victory lap moment of Bianca and Rhea. Cool. Past week, another promo. And it's like, are we are we gunning as baby faces? What what are we doing here? Like, I'm genuinely confused. And then this match, the whole Mercedes is clearly a heel and she's playing the, oh, okay, that's cool. I'll take your friend out to get to you. That's heel one-on-one. Right. And Raquel's like, no, no, you want me to come? Just come see me. And I'm like, this woman was just a monster and the baddest bitch on the block like a month ago. What are we doing here? And as far as Smash goes, God damn, Dakota Kai got her ass kicked. Oh, she <laughs> sold. She got, that was a beatdown. It was a great, I enjoyed the match. It was a great match. I'm normally not a fan of dusty finishes, but, you know, whatever. I get it. Progress the story. And that also leads me even more confused because she came through, interrupted the match, and just beat the brakes off of Mercedes Martinez like a heel would do. Yeah, so they're not, they're not building this as like a traditional, and I, I guess it's really not that traditional because it's not done as much, but this isn't your normal heel versus heel match. So I don't know what they're trying to build or if there's going to be a third person to step up and kind of be a baby face, but that's 
kind of the void you have now without Io Shirai being the champ is she was the top babyface. If Io Shirai is going to be taking a break like we saw in that promo, who is your top babyface in the division? I noticed on commentary too, they were kind of, Wade Bear was kind of playing that game where it was like, oh, uh, Raquel Gonzalez is still in Dakota Kai's shadow and Dakota Kai is the one that calls the shots type of thing. So I don't know if they're building that for a turn for Gonzalez to throw Kai through the barbershop window. We'll have to see. <laughs> but Kai works way better as a heel. So I, I really don't know where they're going to go. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Like, like we said, this is, uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this. This is almost the um, big show challenge. So how many times can you uh, successfully go face to hill, face to hill? Not, no, not even in that aspect. In the aspect of, oh, hey, you're a new champ. You know who your first challenge is going to be? An elder statesman that you should be able to get over on. Oh, so gatekeeper. Uh, yeah, true. But I, I can't look at Martinez like a gatekeeper, though. Think about it, though. Where the hell has Mercedes Martinez really been lately? And she got the look. I don't know who she talked to or what she had on somebody, but she showed up, did that shit for about three weeks, and was like, "Yo, get me the fuck out of here! I will go back to NXT and sit on the shelf. Please get me the fuck out of this." Made the right move too in the long term. Exactly. So it's like, ooh, all right. So that's just my thing. It's but yeah, it's the big show. Come out of nowhere. Hey, I deserve a crack at that. Because it's like, if you can beat Mercedes Martinez, Mercedes is no slouch by any stretch of the imagination. Go check the May Young Classics. Go look at her work on the Indies. She's been around for 20 years for a reason. Right. She's not a 20-year journeyman per se. She is legit, yeah, I guess you could say gatekeeper if you want to use the MMA analogies and keep that theme going. She's a gatekeeper. But she's a damn tough one and a damn good one. So it's like, all right, cool. But once you get past this, I hope you're grooming whoever snacks because what do you do? Run it back with EO? And I'm actually writing about something like this right now. That's almost a disservice to EO to run it back because if you're going to put Gonzalez over EO twice, kind of defeats the purpose and you kind of cool off EO. I think the best money is on EO moving on to the main roster. Kind of like that's kind of like what they did with Shinsuke. Like you thought Shinsuke was going, he lost the title, you thought he was going to dip. And then I think he lost the rematch to Rude, and then he dipped. So, like, let's just EO to SmackDown. You print money because right now there are only three viable challengers for Bianca Belair on that show, and their names are Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Carmella. Not much depth there, and you want to tell stories with Bianca to make sure she has a great title reign. So, letting EO chase Gonzalez in order to fail defeats the purpose. You know where they're going to find their their baby faces at? Where? But what do you know? They're holding the women's tag titles right now. <laughs> Just wasting away when in reality, Kai and Gonzalez should have probably had a better title run because they were an actual tag team. But EO, sorry, not EO, uh, Shotzi and Ember Moon, not really in action this week. They were supposed to face the Robert Stone brand, Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea. And they were just, just trashed by the way, which will lead to a later tag team title match. But that, that's kind of my beef with the women's tag titles. It's like one, one, you debut new titles instead of just allowing the titles to travel to all three brands like they should have. And then you put them on two of your top baby faces who you need to kind of help the division out. Because correct me if I'm wrong, when we were around that Halloween Havoc time, Shotzi Blackheart was like the next big thing. Right. But here's the thing. I think they're smart enough with Shotzi to not put the belt on her because let's be honest. Shotzi had a pretty solid 
uh, career on the indies, but she's never really had that much of a moment in the sun in NXT. Like she just got hot. Like I think Sparks said when he came on last year, he was like, look out for Shotzi. Like she has it. This is true. Slow burn is what they're doing with Shotzi. I think they're going to let her play, let it go. Let's see how she handles the tag team. Plus she needs a little bit of seasoning, just a little bit, not much, but just a little bit. That's fair. Well, what about her counterpart? Because with Ember Moon, you can play the role of, oh, the former champ is coming back to reclaim her throne, which is the exact thing they were trying to do when she re-debuted in NXT. You can have her chase the title against Raquel Gonzalez, and then you have a viable challenger for this person's title reign. I mean, I called Ember coming back, and honestly, they should have brought Ember back as a heel. I thought for a brief moment, it had a heelish feeling. Okay. But now it's just, I uh, honestly, I think they're using, so... You know how WWE loves to put people in tag teams just for the hell of it? You mean like RK, bro? Uh, yeah, 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 that one. So I think this was a combination of two things. It's like, ah, oh, hell, we really don't have anything to do per se, but also let's let both of you get your feet wet and let you each help each other. Shotzi right, needs right. the seasoning. Ember still needs the reps. Let's not forget she wasn't in a wrestling ring for, what, 18 months? Like she tore her Achilles and there were interviews just recently before she came back where she was like, yo, I seriously thought about just going home and being done. He was like, my body, she's like, I have their points. We're trying to recover. I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. So I think this is a case of let's give Ember some more reps, but let's not give her all the reps. Let's work her slowly back into it. Let's give Shotzi a little bit more seasoning. And then, oh, boom, perfect. Tag team titles. Let's give Candice and Indy some more reps because now that gives Indy Hartwell more reps to see what you truly have out of her. It works for everybody. And then eventually you take the belts off of Shotzi and Ember. They don't have to feud with each other once they lose the titles. Like just let them go their separate ways and just be friends and just, you know, have each other's back, but not be a tag team. And then let's see where we're at. Let's say, I feel like they stretch this out. What are we in April? Basically May stretch this out to the next takeover, which will probably be in June. Our Great American Bash, if they want to run that back in July. And then, whatever, you let Ember get the shot, SummerSlam, take over SummerSlam weekend. Since they're trying to have fans back in attendance, there you go. That's a pretty big matchup. Ember Moon, Raquel Gonzalez, if you tell the story right, you can have Shotzi around. If you have Dakota around, perfect. They got to do something, because otherwise, this run of Raquel Gonzalez is going to probably get stale really fast. You know, and it's going to have to be. Because you you can achieve two things by taking the titles off of them. You can start building them as singles competitors because they're two of the top. You already turned Tony Storm Hill and looks like she has just the, a, a blood feud with Zoe Stark. And then you can finally give Candice LeRae her moment with some gold. That needs to happen. So prayer circle around the way actually winning the women's tag team titles next week. One thing that actually is growing on me that will, that will be much to Jacob's delight is Mr. Money Grimes. <laughs> Mr. Money Grimes is very entertaining. And I and I can't believe I'm saying that on these airwaves. But it's been it's been a character that doesn't need to wrestle, doesn't need to be in the ring. Cause I've I've have I've been very vocal about Cameron Grimes in ring work, but it's it's hilarious. The, the guy has presence. The guy can actually cut a promo and whatever this 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 little money gimmick is is from him um doing the Dogecoin stuff. It's working. It has shelf life. And I think it finally got its payoff this week when he met Ted DiBiase. What did you think of the segment? Oh, that was great. And I hope they keep Ted around. It might as well. I mean, perfect. 
we all knew it's like okay little million dollar man vibes here cool and then you finally get ted to show up give us the trademark laugh i loved it perfect i like this whole crimes doesn't have to wrestle every week just let him go around do the bits get over because eventually he's going to try to pay somebody off in the back they're going to get sick of it they're going to put them hands on them and then here we go we're right here and i'm here for it just gotta wait slow burn that's really the rinse, wash, and repeat of this. He's like going to try to bribe somebody for something. You saw it with with Kyle O'Reilly, where hey, I'll, I'll pay you for the royalties to the undisputed era and whatnot. And it's like, oh, well, I'm going to fight you now. Which unpopular opinion? I'm not really here for the cool Kyle give it. It feels very forced and not organic. Even even in the promos, like I don't really believe what Kyle O'Reilly believes that what he's saying. But I do like him as a singles competitor and a singles. Um, wrestler <laughs> music is trash by the way well we already knew that music is big trash even what they did with adam cole big trash yeah so here's my question with cameron grimes does this somehow end with him being north american champion no i, I think he's so far away from any title picture right now and he doesn't he's probably one of those characters that doesn't need a title i think in the beginning that they always had him hovering around the title picture because they really wanted him to kind of be that dastardly hill uh, that would cheat to win. I, I think they found something better for him. So I don't think he needs a title to even be relevant now. Okay. But you're giving him all this TV time. He's got to, it's got to pay off some way, right? Some characters are just destined for the TV time. Uh, reminds me of when the street profits were still in NXT technically, but would be featured on raw every single week for a promo segment. Something like that. I think, I think that's the role he's taking right now. Yeah, but even then they still walked away with tag titles eventually. Eventually, but it was like there's like almost it was like months of just segment. At no, least that's two fine. months. That's fine because here's the thing: Cameron Grimes can do this, have a little backstage bit, and get into it with Bronson Reed, who will likely be your new North American champion, which we'll get into in a second. And then you have all the callbacks, all the backstory, all the back history. You get a nice program. Boom, take over SummerSlam weekend. Cameron Grimes finally gets his. And then you can go buy your new Cameron Grimes shirt. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but let's talk about that. Bronson Reed faced Austin Theory for a future title shot at Johnny Gargano. So essentially they're going to run back to take over stand and deliver match. I don't agree. I think Johnny Gargano finds another way to win. Because he's remember when he won the title, we were like, well, why does he need it? But he's actually doing a lot of justice for that division as being a gatekeeper to kind of building up new stars. So he's built up Bronson Reed. He's had the, the bouts with Dexter Loomis, and I thought Dexter Loomis was going to be the guy to take the belt off of him. Um, did wonders for Damian Priest. Now Damian Priest is on the main roster on Monday Night Raw. I think this is just another way to tell stories, to help build up more of these guys' um, name brands, more than anything. But uh, Johnny North American, I think that's here to stay. How long, though? I think we can run this all the way until the summer. I, I, I actually think there's going to be a way where if he loses the title, he's not going to get pinned to lose the title okay yeah i can see that i think that's a safe way to help build up somebody else now allow johnny to uh quietly pass on to a new role and in, in nxt but yeah whenever bronson reed runs that back I, I i see a way where he loses again and yeah like you said he can go but that, the coolest thing about bronson reed is the tsunami call for me i'm sorry that's <laughs> that's it way buried on tsunami call gets better every single week um, it's great. That is the best thing about those matches. Hey, man, Bam Bam Reed is money. 
but he's not printing money yet. And I think that's the difference. I think Gargano is still printing money. Yeah, but eventually you got to get the belt off of Gargano just to avoid him going stale. That's the same thing we said with the heel turn, the formation of the way. Eventually you got to do something different. Eventually. I mean, this way thing is still kind of, we're still kind of new into it. It hasn't been around for six months yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you got to do it in like three weeks or whenever the match is. I'm just saying you got to start looking ahead because NXT's strength is long-term booking. So Mm -hmm. let's just kind of look ahead. And also for the love of God and all things that are holy and unholy for us, as far as I'm concerned, can we dead Dexter Loomis? Can we dead this whole Loomis, Gargano, Indy, Theory, Thruple, four-way, orgy, love triangle square that we have going on? That's one of the best things on NXT is the index. Andy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis, uh, love love quarrel. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Johnny and Dexter have been going at it in some shape or form or fashion since, I don't know, August of last year, give or take? I thought it well, no, because Dexter had his beef with Cameron Grimes. And I thought yeah. it was been more Austin Theory than than Johnny. And then, of course, now it's Indy Hartwell. It, it's still the same group. That's just like wearing the tag team. Somebody has beef with you, and then the beef just transfers over to me. It's still the same beef. Fair, fair. But I, I don't know. A, a lot of it, I, I haven't gotten bored of it yet. Oh, I'm not bored of it, but you're. it's like Randy Orton and the Fiend. Much better booked. But it's like, how long can you drag this out? Well, they ruined that. They flat out ruined The Fiend and Randy Orton with that WrestleMania finish because, I don't know, something something about Alexa still in The Fiend's whole flow, and now we just done with it. It's just, it's just weird to me. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, that's my thing. At some point, we got to, look, Loomis, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Loomis. If you're going to go index, let them cook and break up the way that way. Or I swear, I have an eerie feeling that this is going to end with Loomis joining the way. That would be dope because he don't talk. So it, it could work. Just just give Johnny Gargano a strong faction. Why not? Why the hell not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Now, another one thing I love about NXT is that you have those storylines that have nothing to do with the title picture. Like we talked about um, whatever's going on with Dakota Kai. We also were talking about Dexter Loomis, Cameron Grimes, just having all this money that, out of nowhere. Now, there's been a kind of an undertone storyline with Killian Drain. Sorry, Killian Drake, Killian Dane, and Damien and Drake Maverick. Why am I not saying that right? Um, with this theory that Killian Dane is going to join Imperium, we saw some flashes of that last night during their tag team match. My only beef with this: we saw Walter finally come back across the pond. So Imperium's at full strength. And the whole time, it was supposed to be for them to actually get stronger, in my opinion. The whole Timothy Thatcher thing just died. Now, we know Thatcher used to be an Imperium. We thought he got kidnapped, and now we're just done with that. And now Thatcher and Tommy are going to have a blood feud with uh, grizzled young veterans. Thatcher just came back out of nowhere. I have a problem with that. Don't insult my intelligence, WWE, when you do stuff like that. But now they're doing callbacks to Sanity with Dane and Alexander Wolfe. You think that's much ado about nothing, or is it something bigger brewing? I definitely feel like it's something bigger brewing. And let's just be honest, Thatcher probably had the Rona or tested positive. Low key. It hasn't come out yet, but low key. Because remember, they talked about how they had a outbreak recently, and it affected a few things. And Thatcher was uh, MIA for a few weeks there, Chief. And they're saying that it's because Imperium Kidding, but they did nothing with that. But they're moving back into the Killian Killian Dane references with Alexander Wolf with them not wanting to physically go at each other. 
but they're in two different. Yeah. This this would suck for Drake Maverick. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that man gonna sink fast without <laughs> Killian Day. You know, I disagree. You know why? Because you said the same damn thing last summer, right around this time, where Drake got fired, released, however you want to phrase it, went out and dropped a real life emotional video, got rehired, came back, went on a run of a lifetime in that cruiserweight title tournament, lost to Escobar, had a brief little feud with Escobar, and you're like, oh, he's done after this. Because he didn't win. He didn't win. But the big payoff was him actually winning the title to keep his job. And now we know that he didn't need to do that to keep his job. It was like, come on, man. But still, and you thought, but even after Escobar, you're like, oh, he's done. He's not getting back on TV. Boom. He's been making magic with Killian Dane for what, six months now? Probably so. A little more, give or take, off and on. Well, Drake Maverick is just one of those people that is so damn good at being who he is. That is hard to not put him on your team. Like when they made those initial cuts, I think me and you were puzzled by obvious the obvious cut of Leo Rush. And then I was like, Drake Maverick is good. Like the man was money in the 24-7 title. It's just Drake will be fine. If you split this up, it'll be easily Drake will just be like, oh, okay. Get his ass beat. And then somebody comes and helps him. That's how you work in a new superstar or something. Then he gets his ass beat along with some help. And then you cool him off a little bit and you bring him back with something else. Or you, maybe you sit him with 205 Live. You let him get his manager back on and maybe, you know, he'll give the great value Young Bucks a little bit of something. Ooh, I'm glad you mentioned them. They are actually putting together some great uh, WWE uh, digital content. <laughs> I, I hate, I don't hate to say it, but they're actually pretty damn entertaining. Pretty fun if you haven't seen their stuff. <sighs> I saw their brief promo and I was like, hmm, I actually did want to boo you off my TV screen. Yeah, good stuff with those guys. I hope they uh, hope they continue to get the uh, the spotlight. But whatever is going to happen, either Imperium is going to Imperium's not in the tag team title hunt right now, so they got They got to move on this storyline. They can't just keep doing the same thing every single week. Either Dane's going to join, or Wolf and Dane need to scrap one or the other. Both will happen. And here's my question: If actually, I got two questions. If Killian Dane joins Imperium, he gonna shave some of that body hair and get that hair cleaned up and tied up? Is that it? Oh, is that a requirement? I mean, look at Imperium. They're all clean. They're all clean kept. Even Wolf is clean kept. It's respect the mat. The mat is sacred. So that means that if Killian Dane joins, bye-bye jeans and vintage 90s rock band style shirt, hello, black tights, and yeah. I would actually be here for that just to see what it looks like. Now, here's my second question. Since you spoke about sanity, you know what else is still under contract and ain't doing a damn thing, but it's a damn good hand you could probably use in NXT? Nikki Cross. You're right. You know who You're happens right. to be married to Killian Dane? Nikki, Nikki Cross. Cross. I'm just saying. Also, you know who could be a nice challenger to uh, Raquel Gonzalez in the interim? Nikki Cross. You want to give Imperium a little extra edge and, you know, go belt collecting? Nikki Cross. Very true. Nikki Cross has been very vocal about wanting to return to the ring on social media, even, I think, completing a couple degrees, I believe. So salute to her. Yeah, she literally is like, I have a master's. I have this. I could literally teach a spin class if I wanted to. All I want to do is just wrestle. It looks like she's dropped some weight, which not here to judge that any one way or the other, but it looks like she's in great shape. Like she just wants to go out and wrestle. It's it's, it's kind of funny how they haven't um, either ran back or done did something with that Alexa Bliss storyline. They just kind of let it take on a new life with the fiends. They could always come back to that. But I mean, it's not like Nikki Cross is a scrub. 
let's absolutely not. Let's not forget Nikki Cross and Oscar put on some bangers in NXT. Yes. So there you go. That solves that gives you a whole world of things to fix. Solves everything. I mean, come on, you give the Robert Stone brand TV time. Why not give Nikki Cross a chance? Actually, I, I support this message. I think that would be a good move for her to actually be on the programming every single week. We talked about needing baby faces in the women's division in NXT. Like, why not? Exactly. The line is tapped. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. The line has been tapped. So run Jacob his money once it's done. Now, let's talk about this main event. Six-man tag, new Cruiserweight champion, and new NXT tag team champions, Kushida and MSK versus Legato Del Fantasma, who are chasing the belt. Now, it was pretty much a shock to see Escobar lose the title after this. Let's just call it a one-year buildup with, with Jordan Devlin. I thought that Jordan Devlin was coming back to reclaim the throne. That he was going to be the um, undisputed champ. Didn't happen that way. We rolled with Escobar. Um, and I actually never really viewed Wild and Mendoza as viable tag team threats. But here we are. So we had the six-man title match. Uh, Legado Del Fantasma goes over, makes a statement. How do you feel about these feuds um, on both ends of the spectrum? All right. So I thought for sure Escobar was done with the cruiserweight division. I was like, okay, let's slide him up to the North American title picture. Let's find a way to get him in that. Would have been perfect. But nope. So let's plus not to mention once Kushida won, you had Devlin pull up on him in the back and was like, oh, so you're the champ. Hmm. Let's just see how good you really are. Haven't done anything with that. So. No, he went across the pond. I think that was effectively writing him off TV. He said something along the lines like, I have to go home for a bit, but I'll be back and I'll be watching. Yeah, all right. Go get that work visa situated. and We'll see you in a couple months. But, I mean, it's just, all right, cool. Escobar back in the cruiserweight division still. I like it. You see the chase there. I like it. I like how it goes. And, you know, it's different. Phantasma. Well, let me rephrase that. Phantasma's uh, sidekicks, Wild and Mendoza. can never remember both their names at the same time. I like them as a tag team. They put on some good matches on 205 Live. It's cool. It's just, it's different. We complained about everything being the same. We complained about the tag team division being trash. This is different. It's refreshing. I like it. They just don't have to take the belts off of MSK. You give me a good two-month feud, keep the belts on MSK, I'm happy with it. But if you pull this off right where you take the belts off MSK and give them to Legato Del Fantasma, I, I could I could see where things could go. Kind of see them be like running the division, which I think from a promo standpoint, that's a good look for Escobar. I mean, he just went he went and stepped up to carry and cross, which something I didn't expect would happen at all, but it kind of worked. And gave cross that work. Terrible. No, again. Still, still don't forgive. Three on still one. Don't forgive it. Three on one. Just awful. Three Can't on one. Three on that. one, and they jumped him. No, that, that wasn't like a, nah, nah. That yeah, yeah. Hey, man, three on one, you got jumped. It took him a second, but hey, sorry. But we'll see what happens. Um, I think I think you got to give Kushida some run. Having his first goal, his great, gold was a very great minute moment to see. And Escobar is the most logical challenger right now. I don't know who else you have in that division who you'd want to challenge Kushida, maybe Tyler Rust. He hasn't been featured in a few weeks. They're... It's just it's just refreshing because we've been what having Escobar's champ since I want to say the early stages of the pandemic. Yeah, he won it in the tournament. Yeah, that was pretty about a year ago. Yeah, he had a good year plus run almost. Yeah, management holding it down, holding it down, not just for the cruiserweight division, but making sure there's 
refreshing uh, promos, content here on NXT and actually putting in the work. So he's he's a mainstay just in the brand right now. Now, a former mainstay of the brand finally gave us his first thoughts since losing at TakeOver Stand and Deliver, Adam Cole. Uh, sat down which that with a with a new face I haven't really seen before. But Adam Cole said some things about his time, said some things about the greatest NXT performers um, ever, and talked about kind of running the brand for the past four years, and gave some thoughts on Kyle O'Reilly about him not being ready for the main event scene. All, all while spitting facts, all while kind of flexing kind of a Panama, the Panama um, Playboy type of gimmick. And it kind of gave the feeling that Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole are not quite done yet, even when you see the pan video of Kyle O'Reilly looking at the interview. But is it a mistake to keep Adam Cole NXT? Where the hell is Roderick Strong? More importantly, where the hell is Bobby Fish? What are they doing all together? Like, how, how many ways can you tell this story? And it seems like it's going to be a long story that we're telling. All right, so Bobby Fish is on the injured reserve list. Just That's my assumption. All right. It's taking a little bit longer to dye his beard than usual. <sighs> Roddy Strong, I believe, is probably SmackDown or Raw-headed. Safe bet would be SmackDown because that's the wrestling show. Because he gave Regal his resignation. He had the other MMA horsewoman that he's married to next to him. I want to say Duke. No, no, Shafir. Yeah, Marie Shafir. Yeah, so pretty sure he's done in NXT. Let him go to SmackDown. He could be a nice little run in the mid-card. Let him play around in the IC title picture. It, it could work for him. Now... Adam Cole, he has to stay in NXT. The only way you bring Adam Cole back to or well, up to the main roster officially is if you find a way to reunite the Undisputed Era. Because for as great as Adam Cole is, God forbid if he ends up on Monday Night Raw, he's too small. I don't trust Vincent Company to book him properly. Okay. But if you bring all four members of the Undisputed Era, they can just run rep shot. It's just gang warfare, and it works. Now, if he goes to SmackDown solo, then he could be Daniel Bryan, which is perfect. And if necessary, you give him a muscle, just for a little insurance, a little edge, make him a little more of a dick that everybody hates, and you're good. But no, not a mistake. Keep him in NXT. You can run Kyle O'Reilly feud back. Maybe you work Bobby Fish in somehow. Maybe you put Cole in a North American title picture. He did mention Cross, so down the road, if you need to, you can pull that card. There's a lot of possibilities for Adam Cole. And his best bet in is in NXT and just kind of stay away from the title for a little while. Like, matter of fact, let him go run up on Cameron Grimes. Grimes tried to buy the Undisputed Era IP off of Roddy. Let Cole just be like, hey, 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 you thought you were slick with that, huh? It's my shit. I am the Undisputed Era. And let him go, you know, hand Cole. I mean, let him hand Cameron and ass whooping. Okay. The thing about running Cole and O'Reilly back, one, I was actually shocked that it was the main event. I take overnight, too. It, it had <sighs> the to. finish. The finish was okay. It's like, oh yeah, we I killed he, he killed Adam Cole, but he really what he really did was tie a a chain around his knee and drop the knee on the back of uh the neck and back area, which as a person with knee pains, that would that would hurt him a lot more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I I'll let it go nonetheless. The, we've seen Kyle O'Reilly say some things about cross, we've seen Adam Cole say some things about cross. We know Finn Bauer is coming back next week. These four men are destined to hover around the title. I don't see any one of them being the guy, well, maybe Finn, but I don't see either either one of Cole or O'Reilly being the guy to feud with Karrion Cross at any point here in the near future. And if feuding with each other, seems like it, to me, it seems like it'll get old really quick. I mean, it definitely can. It's just, 
if you run it back, you have to run it back just one time for like the definitive end to it. You can't go, you can't 50-50 book it, let Cole get the win back and then go for a third one unless you find a way to work Roddy and Fish into it. So you can't chop a Gargano this? No. Because look, with Chompa Gargano, you at least started in a relatively regular wrestling match and everything kind of escalated, 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 escalated. You started at unsanctioned. Where do you go from here? And, and that's why I don't see why they can still have beef. What? I see I still have beef. That's why I don't see how they can still keep fighting. This doesn't seem like a fight forever scenario to me. Peter Griffin and the chicken. Gargano and Ciampa. And even then, it's just like, eh, you keep them there. Just don't let them cross paths. So that means, to me, that means Adam Cole is taking a, a lengthy break. Kind of like how Io Shirai taking a lengthy break away from the program. Yeah, which is needed. So it's just, you got options with Adam Cole. He's a good hand. He's definitely a good hand. I can see, I can see your point about him staying in NXT because he has a solid hand. He can kind of fit at any part of the card. I just don't want to see him and Kyle O'Reilly keep going back and forth with each other just because I feel like it's going to be the dead horse if you don't include the other two undisputed era members in that process. It doesn't tell a complete story. So so hopefully they stay stay away from each other for a while. Yeah. At most, just give me like crossing each other's paths backstage or something. Like Cole's coming out for a match and Kyle is leaving the ring from his match and they just kind of stare at each other and jaw. I can get Yeah, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Otherwise, just yeah, space. Really let the Undisputed Era be a forgotten thought because when you get the the reunion, then that merch, that merch gonna go through the roof. <laughs> yep, and Cameron Grimes gonna get paid because he's gonna own the IP. <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's great. All right, so before we get out of here, we made mention of it at the beginning of the show a little bit. Well, actually, we got a couple other things to talk about first. In the scope of the world of wrestling, and this kind of ties into all of this ties together. Like we said, Black Tuesday, Black Wednesday, whatever. The week after WrestleMania, WWE does their releases. Nine names were released, both members of the Iconics. Mickey James, Mojo Raleigh, the Teflon Samoan named Joe, Chelsea Green. Who am I forgetting? You said Mojo Raleigh. There might have been some backstage officials as well. No, no, it was all in-ring talent. Here we go. Steve Cutler. I remember Steve Cutler being actually pretty shocked as well. Yeah. Hey, hold on. Cutler got released in February. So here we go. Samoa Joe, Payne Royce, Billy Andrade. Gay, Mickey James. Andrade was already gone. Chelsea, Tucker, your boy. <laughs> Kalisto, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake. That's the other member of the Forgotten Sons. Bo Dallas won a surprising thing seeing how big a part of the company Bray Wyatt is, but Hopefully better pastures for him. Samoa Joe was the one that pissed everybody off for being fair. It's like, how can you do that when he's great on commentary? And if you just won't clear him, it's like everybody thought Samoa Joe was being repackaged to call out Roman Reigns or do something uh, with Bobby Lashley on Monday night after WrestleMania. Nope, didn't happen. Had that man sit in the rain, in the rain delay, <laughs> get fired a couple of days later. That's, that's bogus. Yeah, I mean... Looking at this list, the most egregious names are Joe and Billy Kay. I'd say both Iconics. They just they just ruined their whole flow. The Iconics are great. Here's first, the thing. Uh, first, not, not first women's tag team champions, but one of the women's tag team titles at WrestleMania. Uh, great with promos. You're featuring Billy Kay every single week on TV. And then we know that Vince McMahon was really behind uh, trying to push Peyton Royce. And then she cut that dope promo 
about just let me go and see what happens. On, then had a uh, stinker Raw. of a match. Was it a stinker though? It was. It was with Oscar. Look, let's just be clear real quick. There are about five people in WWE from men and women that if you go in the ring with and you don't have a relatively solid match, that if you put out an in eh to a dud, you should probably hang it up. Oscar's one of them. That's Sasha fair. is one of them. Daniel Bryan is one of them. Gargano is one of them. Like, if you go in there with those four and you're just like, yeah, this is serviceable, it's probably like, because mm. let's be real, Oscar made Lana look good. True, true. Still, egregious cuts all around. When when you have performers, when you have things that work and then you refuse to actually utilize them, for example, uh, those members of the Forgotten Sons were following around Baron Corbin for, for a while. I don't know where Baron Corbin's been since he had that match with Drew McIntyre, but come on, you got a place for him. You found you found a place for Jackson Riker to be the henchman to Elias. You can have you can use these guys because we don't have tag teams. Same with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. We don't have tag teams. Mickey James being kind of older, you could have used her as a gatekeeper of the division. Same way you see Natalia is how you should see Mickey James. They these these releases uh, really unwarranted release. And I and I get that they have nothing for uh billy k which is why she was just the promo queen the past month or two but it was working it was definitely working exactly so let's Everybody just look at what's entertained let's let's look at these individually real quick we'll start from the bottom to the top wesley blake yep the other half of the forgotten sons or the other third of the forgotten sons cutler got released and let's just be real the forgotten sons were set to win the tag titles from the new day until jackson Riker went on the most racist but i'm not racist but i'm racist tirade ever and mess up the bag for everybody and what's funny is he's the one with a job still yep so blake yeah you were being a henchman with corbin cutler throws the party a couple people pop from that party and then vince is also like hey i told roman a few others who have medical issues that things would be fine and you know sorry but i gotta make a scapegoat out of you so that's what happened to Blake. Your partner messed up. Your other partner really screwed the pooch. And unfortunately, it's just like, hey, you know what? You're probably better off on the independence. And also, Blake was a uh, Blake and Murphy. He's been around for a while. So uh, bad luck, unfortunately. Bo Dallas, the first NXT champion. And on top of that, Bo Dallas was able to get over two gimmicks that had no business being successful. The Bo Leave gimmick, he got over. If you would have gave it a little bit of an edge, it would have been money. And the whole beating thing with him and Curtis Axel, you can't tell me that wasn't money. When they split for Miz, you can tell me they didn't fill that comedic role perfectly. Not to mention they were pretty damn good in the ring. And then it's like, okay, you didn't do anything with Bo, and it's like you could have found a way to work Bo in with the Fiend. Or you could have sent Bo back to NXT. Like a lot of people thought that motorcycle promo was going to be Bo Dallas, and a lot of people were like, and also like hey i'm kind of excited to see bo dallas if you repackage them right so yeah but again if anybody follows bo or Liv morgan on instagram social media they're together they have a farm down in florida it's been clear that bo was preparing for life after wrestling so i don't think bo's necessarily too hurt your brother's Bray wyatt your dad was mike rrs rotonda like hey you had a good run bo's been around the company for like 10 plus years which is an extremely long time. So Bo, he'll probably be fine. He might do a couple spot indie dates. I don't really see him going to an Impact or AEW. Blake might find his way to Impact if Cutler goes. Kind of repair that. Kalisto. Oh, man. (laughs) 
So I said this to you last week when I saw it. There's reports that basically Kalisto screwed himself, that Kalisto didn't want to be seen as just a comic act and a character of the Mexican Latin luchador culture. Whereas Dorado and Grand Metalik were like, hey, we pitched this. It's working. We're getting TV time. We're making more monies off of our merch and royalties than we are off our downside guarantee. Yeah, I might waste a little bit of my prime, but I still get these moments where I can go in the ring and show what I can do. Kalisto was like, yeah, I don't care about the bag. And screwed himself. Made himself an enemy. They let him go. And it looks like he is going back to his ring name for the indies. He has a countdown on his website. All right, we'll see what Kalisto can do, but I haven't been the biggest Kalisto fan. Even when he was with Sin Cara slash Hunako, the Lucha Dragons, his U.S. title runs, never really did it for me. What about you? I thought the thing about the Kalisto release that was mind-boggling to me is that even when splitting from Lucha House Party, the, the money was there to have him feud with Santos Escobar. Just two different ideologies around what Lucha is, and they could have really made that program work. So I think they were just more trying to stick it to him by keeping him in catering than anything, because Kalisto was in the best shape of his life, noticeably, and they just didn't want to utilize him. Like whether he want, didn't want to be in the faction or not, there was still a role for him in that cruiserweight division. Right. But once you take yourself out the faction, it's like, dude, we are featuring you on TV. Your merch is moving. You are in a spot that I say what, 80 to 70, 70 to 80 percent of the roster would kill for if we're keeping it a buck, like, I understand, yeah, there's some people that's like, hey, I trained my whole life to be this, to get here. I just want to go wrestle. I get it. But where you're in something that gets you on TV, sure, it might not be the, the best of lights, but Lucha House Party isn't the most racist or offensive thing they've done. No, not by far. Yeah, they just leaned into the fun part of the Lucha Libre style and culture. So it's kind of like, hey, man, I ain't want to tell another man how to live his life, but Dog, shut the hell up and cash these checks. And props to Metalik and Dorado for just being like, that's him, not us. Because WWE could have sank all three of them if they wanted to, just because of Kalisto. And yeah, if Kalisto was still in Lucha House Party, when Lucha House Party showed up in NXT, it would have been perfect. You could have had a nice six-month program, Kalisto, Escobar, Wilden, Mendoza, Metalik, Dorado would have been perfect. You find a way to get the tag team titles on either one of those teams. And then you got gold. You look for all the shit that people give WWE deservedly about not pushing their Mexican, Hispanic, Latin superstars. This would have been a perfect chance. But for one reason or the other, they just didn't go with that way. So I don't know. And then here's one that really hurts your heart. I know it's near and dear and close to your heart. Your boy Tucky is up out of here. Yeah, that, that was one you could see coming. He, they didn't do anything with him after the heavy machinery split. You can see that, they, and it's just dumb. They're going to split the guys and then go and put Otis in another tag team, slap in the face. Tucky um, has been on social media saying he's happy to be freed. Arizona State alone, he'll bounce back. Not worried about that. He's actually, a, he can go in the ring, man. He just needed some foundation. I always said he was the better one. He was the better in-ring competitor of the bunch. It's just Otis had the character, and Vince chose wrong and genetic the wrong person, if you ask me. Right. Because once that Manny Rose ankle cooled off, Otis ain't been nothing. I think Otis's most famous thing since Manny Rose is being carried by Bianca Belair for like 20 yards. Yep. That is one of the most relevant things. So that's rough. And then here's the case of what I feel like is just bad timing, bad luck. Chelsea Green. They wanted to push her. 
they tried to push her. They they took her from NXT, gave some big grandiose packages for her to be on the main roster. And when she featured there, she just got hurt. Broke just, her arm. Just unfortunate. Her Bad timing um, for her injuries. I think she'll be fine on an indie scene. Uh, might even go work with her her husband over in Impact. Maybe get featured on AEW as well since there's a partnership going on. But she's under some other heat for not giving and I get it. The IWC going to jump on you uh, to protect their own. And by not giving that artist credit and him kind of going at her uh, publicly on social media, she had to retract everything because <laughs> you can still see all the Chelsea Green tweets that were flooding Twitter um, just a day ago. And it's, it's oh, man, you'll, you'll find some funny stuff. If you go look through it. <laughs> it's just as simple as uh, citing your sources. Yeah. And really, just give the man credit. Like, if you're going to, I'm pretty sure old buddy didn't even want to check for it. He's just like, just give me the credit. Yeah, just at me. Just at me, and then go get paid off of that. Just at me. But instead, she blocked him, <laughs> which he made that public really quick. Which I don't blame him one bit as somebody that has uh, had a couple spats with uh, people of value on Twitter in the past. Uh, yeah, you want to block me? That's fine. The whole world will know. Warren Sapp, I'm looking at you. Now, another sad release, Mickey James, which she's been trying to get off the bench for a while now, saying that she's healthy, was good. She gets released. And what sucked about her release is she made public that her belongings were sent to her in a trash bag, which let out a firestorm of other people in the past who were sent packing, saying, oh, they thought that only that happened to them, which resulted in a ton of PR firings from the WWE and backlash. Ooh, boy. Interesting stuff. Interesting so, stuff. Yeah. So Mickey got a tweet off. I think it was last Thursday. She's like, oh, my stuff arrived. Now, it didn't even look like a hefty trash bag. It looked like a great value trash bag. Just took her stuff out the lock. Couldn't, couldn't even send it in a box. No, they sent it in a box. They put a trash bag in a box, which is more disrespectful. Very disrespectful. Like, So you didn't have any smaller boxes around, guys? But yeah. So Mickey tweets that. And then from there, it just takes off. And then Triple H and Stephanie both commented on it, said whoever we looked into it, the person involved is no longer employed, goes into the PR department. Turns out former head of talent relations, Mark Carano is a complete asshole, an ass mm-hmm. at, apparently. A lot of people came out. Oh, man, I believe his ex-fiance, ex-girlfriend came out about how he was a dick and like used to mentally abuse her used to mess with their cat and the interesting fact oh she also was like oh trips have you checked underneath his bed in the spare bedroom that's where he keeps all the title belts he took from the office and the interesting thing was nick eugene dinsmore comes out and goes is that where he keeps his sexual assault uh allegations and harassments too and it's like jesus like how are you letting this man run talent relations and a lot of other people kind of co-sign some of those stories so yeah, WWE had a rough week because you released nine people, what, about two months after you announced that you just signed a deal for a Billy, another Billy? And again, not one to count somebody else's pockets and coins, but from the outside looking in, let's just look at things real quick. You haven't been touring in well over a year, so that means you're not paying for gas, you're not paying drivers. Well, you might still be paying your drivers. Let's assume you didn't furlough your drivers, but you're not paying for gas. You're not paying tolls. You're not paying insurance. You're not paying registration. None of that. So you know what else that means? That means you're not paying a ring crew to travel to put up the ring. You're not paying a 
crew to travel to set up all the equipment. Even if you use a local union, you're still not paying that union in whatever city or area you're in. So that's less expenses. You're shooting two shows a week, Raw, SmackDown, from from the Thunderdome. So you're in one location. You got it set up. You have a residency for months on end at a time. Doesn't look good. Yeah, you're using pyro, but guess what? You're not having to transport pyro. You're not using as much pyro. So you're cutting down a bunch of costs. You just got a a billion coming in over five years. So that's 250 a year. Most, I think the highest downside that I saw somebody's deal was like a million. I think Orton and Cena make like a mil a year off top. I think Reigns is close to it. There might be a couple others, but the average is like a quarter of a mil, 300,000. For main roster, NXT, you're about 150, 200,000, depending upon who you are. That That ain't much money. And yeah, you can say, hey, no live events, which means our merch sales are down, but you have WWE shop and you charge for shipping on any and every damn thing that you buy off the website. It, it, it just looks bad. And even then, you don't even have the Saudi money coming in. So yeah, that's 60 mil gone. But guess what? You're not paying to fly all that stuff to Saudi Arabia. Right. You're not paying to fly it all back. If this is a matter of we're making to lead with the excuse of we're making budget cuts and then to ship a talent who's been in your company. For a combined 20 years, give or take. Off and on, I think she's been there for about at least 10 to 15. Stuff in trash bags? It's it's not a good look, man. Like, you took all kinds of hits this week. I would rather them come out and just be like, look, we evaluated the roster. Some of these superstars asked for their release. Some of them, we just realized we didn't have anything for it creatively. We decided to let them go. And even then, you just look like a jackass releasing somebody in the middle of a pandemic. Because, oh, guess what? We're still in a pandemic. And this has now happened twice, so twice. it's not getting any easier to see. Not getting any easier to see. Like, it's not as egregious as last year. Like, by no means am I defending them, but the world is semi-open. Everything was shut down last year when they did it. So it's not as egregious, which kind of makes it worse almost. So, hey, WWE. WWE at its finest. Yeah. Now, in the midst of all these releases, they had time to make some hires. <laughs> <laughs> now... This is talked about pretty aggressively on Monday night in the past couple of weeks because it's, it's, it's been a ride, man. It's been a ride. And as a journalist myself, I love sports journalists uh, universally. But Adnan Verk, new to the commentary team, we've moved Tom Phillips to 205. Pat McAfee is now on Friday Night SmackDown. And Adnan Verk is filling in now on Monday Night Raw with Corey Graves and Byron Saxton. Jesus. And it has been interesting to say the least. Now, he's getting dunked on on social media, dunked on hard. And I'm not saying it's not warranted because he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. A sportscaster in a sports entertainment world trying to adjust. Is the IWC being too hard on him? What do you think? Uh, somewhat, but not really. Because it's kind of like, yeah, you should be allowed a grace period, some time to get your feet wet, adjust, learn. But dog. And I know commentary is not as easy as People think it is. It's just like, oh, you just call and say what's happening in front of you. Like, no, if that's the case, everybody would be Jim Ross and Prime Jerry the King Lawyer. Lawler. Keyword being Prime. Or you'd be Monsoon and Bobby the Brain. No. But, man, it's just, I don't know. I've watched a few parts of Raw over the past couple of weeks. And other than just Raw being bad in itself, the commentary is not helping at all. No, it's not. <laughs> it's like, it, it's, it's, it's almost like emphasizing how bad the show is. Like when he steps in and, and God forbid, I, I hope they're not feeding him some of those lines. I hope he's just trying to find his voice, but the whole thing about 
on Monday, we're going to need a bigger boat for Braun Strowman. It's like, what? <laughs> there, there, there's moments where he, he, he chimes in and just seems so out of place. Yeah. He probably made a mistake as, as making him the, uh, the main voice. He should probably be the third until he gets comfortable. Here's the thing. He's doing play-by-play. So I'm sure the logic is, hey, he worked at ESPN. He's done play-by-play for baseball and a few other things. He should be able to pick this up. Maybe he impressed them good enough in a tryout video, in a tryout attempt. But it's like, for as deep of a roster of announcers WWE has, you can't leave him out there by himself. Like, Corey Graves is great. No doubt about that, right? No way fans are blessed. Oh, he's, he's that's very good. At Here's the problem. You did the right thing by putting him in a three-man booth. Byron Saxon is not the right person to be there with him. Because Saxon is there to be the punching bag. It ain't going to work. Adnan, Adnan, he's he's in a tricky spot. He's bad. You have a bad partnership. Like Adnan would have been perfect if you would have put a Wade Barrett with Corey Graves. Even Beth Phoenix, for as much as the IWC doesn't care for her, she'd have been perfect there. You just need somebody that's not there to get donked on <laughs> because Saxton can score points off of Adnan, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. Saxton is supposed to be the one getting donked on. Now you have Atman getting dumped on by Saxton almost and not even on purpose. Yeah, they got to balance it out. It'll take some time. I have, I have faith that they'll figure it out, but they definitely got to balance it out because it's not just the sound. The sound that you want to hear when you watch wrestling, you don't want to be watching a match and then have to like perk up like, what the hell was that? And I, I think that's the kind of the universal feeling that all wrestling fans are getting. It's like, just like, let me watch this without volume. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, let me just unmute it real quick. And you're like, yep, right back on mute. So we'll give them some time. Give him, we'll give him through WrestleMania Backlash, which by God is the dumbest pay-per-view name ever. Very bad. Very bad. Very lazy. Like, we know Backlash is the fallout for Mania. It's been that way since Backlash has been a thing. No need to throw a WrestleMania Backlash. The horror show at Extreme Rules. SummerSlam, you're never going to see it coming. Stop adding all these extra stupid, dumbass taglines, please. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> today's jacob's day to rant so he's, he's had some feelings on this so just giving him the floor to do that but i think that's all we got for the people today yeah that is it this is a little bit of a long one we had to play catch up a little bit get off get some things off our chest you know properly introduce everybody that's new here and um yeah man i kind of like this new house yeah has a good has has a good feeling to it make sure you tap in with us on social media you can find me at said says that's C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. Follow the new, we got to change that handle. Follow the Twitter page for We Got Next, still at Believe in NXT. We'll figure out how to change that. And follow my partner, uh, Jacob DeLawrence, at underscore J Della. We come with the hot takes when wrestling at all times of the day. Shit, I thought I changed that. And make sure you tap in with Blue Wire as well. Definitely. Matter of fact, hold on one one quick second. F- fill some time real quick, said. Just just fill some space. You know what? Here, I'll even give you something to fill some space with. Jinder Mahal. <laughs> where or oh, where is the modern day Maharaja? Um, one thing you say about Jinder Mahal, something that we should have done already on Monday Night Raw that we haven't done. And I know he was hurt. I don't know how close he is to return from injury. Is we're supposed to have that three MB runoff. <laughs> Supposed to have that Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre match. Now, I know a lot of people are here, and we'll we'll get into this on the next episode. I promise you that. There was an egregious mistake in breaking up the Hurt Business, and I thought it was going to be to crown Drew the champion. He's not the champion yet. Might not get the title again, because now we're throwing Braun Strowman in there. You can have a one-off feud with Jinder Mahal 
and Drew McIntyre. Why not? I think it works. I think it can be something to keep Drew away from the title for a while while we give Bobby Lashley a much deserved title run. And I think that's something that needs to be discussed on a larger on a larger scale, especially the the tragedy that was breaking up the hurt business. Cause they could have they could have pulled some merch off, man. They could have oh, had damn. hurt beast, could have had her business tank tops for the summer. You could have had all types of stuff and it would have sold. Happy Bobby Lashley's my champ. Not happy about how they're handling it. Yeah, you know, case of booking black people in WWE. It's not necessarily the best. All right, so real quick, um, whoever has the username we got next, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and come up off of that. Just just real simple. So there we go. The username <laughs> on Twitter is now underscore we got next. That is W-E. G-O-T-N-X-T with an underscore in front. And whoever currently owns the rights and has the username we got next, we're coming for you. Matter of fact, while I'm here, let's see when this Twitter account is slash. Oh, look, no recent tweets. Can't even find it. So to whoever had that, thank you for being a dick. Greatly appreciate it. So yes, follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore J Dellis. Said is at said underscore says at C-E-W-D underscore S-A-Y-S. The show is at at underscore we got nxt <sighs> feels good to be back man i miss doing this it's gonna be a daily part of your lives too so i, I miss doing it too and I'm sorry that we left you but we back now exactly we got we back we'll be back twice a week just like we were before being over the head proving with the podcast tag team champs for a reason and yes that's it till next time we're out of here we're out